You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please stop my, my ears. Ow. It's too loud. Why would you do that? It was a late night. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to the Ava Whistler Crankworks, baby. 2022. It's 9.30 on the dot in the morning, and I went to bed four hours ago. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think people can tell. I think we sound different. I think yeah. this podcast started different than the others. And if you're watching on YouTube, we also look different, probably. Well, you can't probably. see our eyes, which is really the telltale sign. I can't see anything. I'm wearing baby vibes. I'm concerned that when Casey comes in here, uh, she's going to be more comfortable with these off. But if we take them off, it looks like we all got punched in the face. I think she's just going to have to deal with it. I'm probably going to take mine off because I literally can't see anything. They're so fucked. And they're directly on your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. What did we do last night? Tell the people. Well, <clears throat> we wound up at a concert. First, maybe the first concert I've ever been to in Whistler. What did we do the bo- before the concert? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Rewinding way back. Well, ye- yesterday was the slope style of it. Jason, you're already calling it quits on the baby vibes. I couldn't see anything. That's fair. Yeah. You don't want to. I want to have eye contact. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was slope style baby and uh it was super exciting uh people were throwing down people were jumping oh, over yeah. things it was uh it was it was a super fun day i'm glad it's back i saw the official count on the hill was thirty-eight thousand people oh yeah how do they count who's counting i think someone just look takes a wide photo and goes one two three four five <laughs> they weigh the mountain before <laughs> And then they weigh them out in during. Mm. That's how they know. They get everybody to do a road call. One, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah, but I've seen Home Alone, and you know sometimes road calls don't work. That's how Kevin got left at home, if you watch it. Mm. 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 Neat. It's too early for, for, for your clever jokes. So then... Uh, <laughs> I got a soundboard, too. <laughs> Dave's on the soundboard today. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we watched Joyride, and we watched Emile Johansson win. Butter. Then we watched Thomas Lemoyne jump the entire final feature. Yeah, it was the first mountain biking event I've ever watched. Yeah, how was that for you? Did you understand what was happening? I was like, what are these shapes and sounds? I don't understand. But it's funny because we, as we watched, we were guessing the scores. It's yeah. kind of like a friendly wager. And Dave, I would say more often than not, you guessed very close or correctly on what the judges gave the ride. Hey, you guys judging was really good. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> there's like kind of like a, I think there's just like a sports watching literacy where I've watched enough Olympics over the years and I do that kind of game watching, you know, diving or, or figure skating or whatever. You kind of, you get, and you get a sense of like how in control the athlete is and like whether it seems like they're kind of pushing the limits based on what everyone else is doing. So pretty quickly you kind of figure it out. You like, I needed like a baseline of like one or two scores to be like, oh, okay, that's a 60 okay, the guy didn't even quite finish. That was like a 40. Uh, and, and then you kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. So after Joyride, what happened? Well, we made our way out of the uh, um, the GLC. Yeah, there were people jumping over f- fences and sidewalks and going crazy just trying to vacate. So many people. And then we headed over back to the Ava to chill in our hotel room mm-hmm. and watch a dozen 
Amine music videos. And a couple Shania Twain videos. A couple Shania Twain, a couple Post Malone music videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cracked a couple cold coconies, and we were just chilling. And uh, the reason we were watching Amine was because he was playing at the Whistler Conference Center. If you don't know who he is, look up his music videos. They're pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very colorful production designs. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing. Good, good songs, too. Good music. And great performer. He was really hyping the crowd last night. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, <laughs> he delivered. It was nice to see him not just phone it in. Because mm-hmm. I think for something like that, like not an official tour. Yeah, or it's a bit like a bit of a corporate gig for him. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, he was into it for sure. He was into it. Yeah. He, so uh, I, I would say like it was half, half, like half people who came to see him or were already on his tour in Vancouver and then half people who were in Crankworks. So a little mix of people from the city and people who are already here today. <coughs> God, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was impressed at how many people were like singing to the lyrics and like knew his stuff because I kind of <laughs> suspected because it was an official after party event that like people would not know who he was even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was pretty. It was pretty cool just to be in the sea of uh, people, yeah, getting rowdy and then uh, just seeing all the like slow style dudes. People started just moshing, unwinding. Uh, people started moshing aggressively. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, a fist fight is absolutely going to break out here. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the first uh, Bosch bit was a fist fight. So did I, yeah. yeah. And I, I was st- like, oh, stay away from me. It was fun, though. Emil was like right beside us, mm-hmm. just vibing in his yeah. bucket hat. And his, uh, <laughs> he we saw many of the competitors just like chilling amongst us. Yeah. I was so starstruck. He was he was just having a great time. I loved seeing that. And then also we saw Thomas Lemoyne. Mm-hmm. I think he was having quite arguably the best time mm. out of anybody. That guy looks like he knows how to party. Well, yeah. big time. I think he also loves hip hop. Like he is mm. a rapper oh, himself. Oh, right. What's his What's his rap name again? Uh, Lil, Lil Moin. Lil yeah. Moin. <laughs> it was right there. Yeah, he um, <laughs> he uh, performed at Garfinkel's before. Well, I'm not actually sure, but I think it was before Mercules. What's you, Mercules? Mercules is a local rapper. Oh, okay. Who, yeah. Um, I wish I saw that. Yeah, that would have been something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he competed like the next day as well. So I don't understand how these guys can burn the candle at both ends like that. Yeah, getting pretty lit. I, well, they trained for this, I guess. Especially when you're drinking nothing but Red Bull vodkas at the conference center. Yeah, it was a Red Bull event, so like every drink was Red Bull. Except they don't. They they for some reason they don't tell you that they also just have a soda option if you don't want the Red Bull. But it's all, it's left off the menu. I'm guessing for marketing purposes. I would say so, but. Just a hunch for your health, you know, to have a have a maybe for, a soda. for to health, for to health. When you're gonna be slamming vodka, maybe have a uh, soda every once in a while. Okay, we have or enough, every time we have a few other um, pre pre guest topics we wanted to hit. Oh God, okay, thank okay. God we wrote that down. I, I have it in front of me. One of them was, oh, I thought I heard something. Oh, we're never gonna get them. The pod, the pod. We were gonna say the pod has been mountain bike heavy, um, but you know we want to. We want to touch on other people and subjects. I think we should get someone who's like way, way smarter than us. We've been claiming like oh, yeah, we're, we're going to talk like from this. everybody from uh, mountain bikers to molecular biologists. I think we need to just bring someone on to school us. Dave, one. you can no longer be the smartest guy in the room. I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room. I'm the dumbest guy in the room. But uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring on some other types of people. But I think we've been kind of evolving our conversations with the mountain bike folks anyways to expand beyond kind of like the inside baseball stuff and get get a little bit more broad. So I've, I've been really enjoying the interviews lately. Yeah, I think the soundboard has been getting better too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And today, oh, today we're, yeah. we're, we're just going to absolutely lay into Casey. Oh, she's here. Oh, oh she's here. here. And there's Welcome. We have a soundboard, so I just want to, like, caution you. So... <laughs> that too loud do you want us no, to turn that no that's fine that's okay. never been inside a soundboard before but here we are <laughs> <laughs> now casey we wouldn't we would ask you to introduce yourself but we actually introduce people for them also mm. on this podcast and uh i'm responsible for writing your intro this time around and i actually learned a lot about you whoa and Looks like a long intro. It is long. There's your interest, very interesting person. And I, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to, I, I could talk endlessly about you. So why don't I just begin, everybody? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Today's guest is a professional mountain bike racer and free rider. Born as a Kiwi in New Zealand, completely off the grid, she moved to the small mountain town of Revelstoke, Canada when she was just 11 years old. You've seen her on countless podiums, star in many iconic movie segments and short films, slay covers of numerous magazines. Besides being an artist on the bike, this person is a brilliant with a pencil or a paintbrush, sharing her occasional art with her 100,000 plus followers online. She is also the creator of the Dark Horse Invitational, a women's only slope style event taking place for its second time this summer in Revelstoke next week. Next month. Next month. Yeah. She is an animal lover, a human lover, an earth lover. She is a sweetheart and can do no wrong. Please welcome Casey Brown. <laughs> oh, thank you. You got that the applause. <laughs> did I do? Did I do a good thing? Yeah, that was that was accurate. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Do I rate it? Uh, you can rate it out of ten. Out of ten. Mm, I don't know. It's, Be honest. It's Be hard honest. listening to yourself. Does. You don't want to downplay it, but you you outplayed it. So, did I miss any crucial info about yourself? Um, no, nothing I can think of. Well, actually, um, well, for, wait. First of all, I have to ask this first. Are you wearing shoes today? I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm in a hotel. And like, um, there was many times this week where I really did not want to put on any shoes, and I just wanted to walk around without shoes. And I wondered if it was unprofessional. I do that in hotels. I wear socks in the in the hallway in yeah. the lobby. I don't, I don't care. I like wearing shoes in nature, but like wearing or like sorry, I like wearing bare feet in nature. Um, walking around like a village or like where people are is kind of gnarly when you don't have shoes on because mm. you never know what's on the floor. Yeah, it'll be glass. Especially after last night's. Craziness. I was in the hotel last night for a bit, and there's some funny stuff going down. So, yeah, I put shoes on around humans. They're gross. <laughs> I'm gonna kick mine off right now in honor of you being here. Thank you. They're <laughs> off. They're off. That's so honorable. <laughs> so You're nice welcome. You. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, does that smell just for me? <laughs> Snuff's leaving. <laughs> Um, so the first line of your intro was, uh, I called you a professional mountain bike racer and free rider. That seemed accurate, but I feel like you're one of the first people to come on who doesn't have their like whole life and career defined in their Instagram bio. You kind of just have your sponsors and nothing. And I wondered how do you define yourself as a mountain biker? Yeah. I mean, it's always been changing for me. I, uh, yeah, I started out like on a downhill bike when I was 14 and like didn't do any cross-country stuff thought it was 
lame. And then <laughs> still do <laughs> never, never hung out with that side of the sport at all. I was just like straight into the downhill thing. And, um, yeah, there's like a crew of like four of us in our hometown and yeah, that's kind of, um, how I learned about mountain biking and all I knew was free ride. Like all we frothed is like new world disorder. And, you know, I never knew what it was like, what the, program was to get into like a world cup or anything like that I had no one with that information around me all I knew was just straight Robbie Borden and freaking everyone just sending and hucking so um yeah that was kind of I don't know I guess the inception in my mind of mountain biking um I man I feel like there's so much to talk about I really did learn a lot about you I didn't know that you grew up in uh barn Barnes Bay? Barn Bay, yeah. Barn Bay. Just single barn, yeah. So I was deep in the Google Maps. Oh, yeah. Like, what the Did you heck? see the islands? Because the mm. bay is named after the islands because they're just these huge chunks of rock that stick straight out of the Tasman Sea. And they're super tall. And in the storms, they, um, they just look like these buildings, basically, that are sticking straight up out of the ocean. And uh, we get the craziest weather down there. And then huge waves will roll in and just like blast like vegetation to pieces off these big chunks of rock in the ocean. So yeah, it's a wild place to say the least. I, I listened to your podcast, uh, the Powell movement. Mm. And oh, I never listened to that one. I, oh, it was good. It was good. Maybe I'll listen to this one after. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I would we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I really wouldn't. Um, and he, he, yeah, he mentioned that you lived on an, island but i wonder if that was He's, true he is definitely wrong because well new zealand is everywhere is an island if depends right on okay yeah <laughs> new zealand's gigantic if you zoom out far enough everything's an island everything okay <laughs> well no i i asked because uh yeah he's like you grew up kind of on an island and then you kind of agreed and then i wondered does it mean when you zoom into barn bay if it meant those, I think what you're talking about, those three islands. Well, we didn't grow up on those islands because we would we would have been perished. Um, <laughs> now, well, I think he meant like the South Island of New Zealand. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, things. Okay. Yeah. So can you set the stage for those who don't know what Barn Bay is, where you grew up? Okay. So Barn Bay is, I mean, I think it took us like six hours on a good day to hike in. And that was after a really long drive on a dirt road into the middle of nowhere with our family bus that would park at the end of the dirt road and then would cross two rivers and we'd have to like make sure the rivers weren't too crazy. We had a canoe just in case and sometimes we'd just hike across and the whole family would like hold on to one big like stick so we wouldn't get washed away. And that was like our grocery getting trip. Like everyone would be loaded down with groceries and there's also a quad bike that did the first little section of it just to get us as far as we could. And then, um, yeah, then we're canoeing across, hiking, and then, like, going through the bush, basically. And, um, yeah, for six hours. Last time we did it, there was, like, a bit of a washout, and it took... When, and when was this? This is... We did, like, a... Thing for bike magazine a few years ago oh, okay and we flew in and hiked out and i hiked out barefoot it took us nine hours oh my god you were barefoot for nine hours yeah and it was like i don't know the rivers were pretty low so it was all good but yeah it was uh, way longer because 
the um, all the trails were so washed out by all the rivers. So, yeah, it's like a constant. Like the landscape out there is constantly getting changed by water and like weather. There's like hundred year storms every couple of years now, so everything changes quite quickly. Like we don't know if like our house is still out there that my dad built um, out of just like bits and pieces he found in the forest, wood, logs, um, chainsaw, salt, milled them up, and you know built a built a homestead. And uh, we, yeah, we don't know when the house is gonna get washed away because the river is slowly chewing away at that side. And, um, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time the house has gone into the ocean, so. I heard about this. Yeah, So Before uh, I was born. So the reason you're out there was because your father was a commercial fisherman? Yeah, he is a cray fisherman, so um, basically lobsters that don't have any pinchers on them. And why did he choose that particular zone? Is it, was it rich with Yeah, it's a super, life? like, there. I guess there was a... Um, tenure out for that area and usually the fishermen have to come from Jackson's Bay which is quite a ways north of Barn Bay and it's quite treacherous getting around this horn and getting into that zone because it's the Tasman Sea is really gnarly Um, lots of lots of guys die out there all the time so um, yeah so we decided I guess my dad decided may as well just live there and I don't know it's uh it's a pretty rugged place sand flies hiking like bad weather one time it rained for 90 days straight and uh the first house before i was born got washed into the ocean in one of the storms and like yeah just like real rugged real serious what kind of feelings do you get when you think back to your childhood is it do you have fun comfortable memories is it or are you do you remember like rough times like working hard uh, being out there disconnected from the world I mean I was only out there I wasn't out there for that long like we moved inland in 1995 1996 time um, but yeah what I remember of that era was just like I don't even remember being parented really I just remember being amongst the other kids and kind of just rough and tumble like I don't know just playing in the bush basically the whole time like going exploring that was just so normal just like okay what's our mission today we're gonna go to the sand dunes and we're gonna just cruise around and yeah be careful because dad said there was crocodiles in the forest which there's not but he did that just to keep us in certain zones were there predators out there um no not not on the land but in the ocean there's uh great whites and like um, anything that's in the ocean anywhere really so and you mentioned that your dad would just pull up whatever he caught and that would be dinner oh like yeah, a shark, yeah, yeah. Maybe. yeah we had we, it, we did eat a lot of shark actually like that was kind of what we um yeah fished for like casually like with rods and stuff if we wanted to go and catch stuff there's tons of sharks so how many years did you live out there for um i was there like we were out there till you I was personally like, five and then we were back and forth throughout like when I was six and then yeah we moved inland um yeah to a 316 acre farm wow have you ever seen the movie Captain Fantastic yes uh, yeah I did did yeah. people bring this up yeah for sure <laughs> um it's the it, first thing I saw, thought when I saw your story yeah it's quite cool because like they lived in a bit of a teepee situation and my dad built teepees and 
set them up for us like well for the family it was like what we lived in um when we moved to the farm there's some pictures old pictures it's sick like just this teepee in the middle of the valley and then just nothing else yeah camping was life so was your dad the leader of all these wild decisions in terms of where he lived tell, tell us about your yeah dad. Very my, interesting yeah my character. dad's super crazy lou, he, lou yeah lou yeah he's um yeah what a crazy guy just like uh, to this day to this day he's still like got these ideas and just does them like last time we were in new zealand it was before covid and he it was his 70th birthday and he was flying in and he messaged me and he's like hey casey um because I said happy birthday, and he's like, yeah, just uh, pitched up in the ditch here, just hitchhiking up north. Like, he's just 70 years old, hitchhiking up north, like, sleeping in ditches. <laughs> That's amazing. Just fearless. Wow. Just yeah. does what he wants. He just loves, like, putting himself in situations where he's going to have, like, cool experiences, and I really respect that because so so many people are so afraid of that and rightfully so i mean there's lots of scary stories out there but like he just goes for it yeah it's admirable mm -hmm. will he do the podcast <laughs> maybe you you might have to just like sneak in there with some microphones but yeah no like go Set hang up out in a ditch go hang out with him get some stories out of the ditch. <laughs> lure, lure him in i, I think it'd be i think it'd be good <laughs> that'd be hilarious yeah sure. yeah and he's yeah he's got piles of stories and man like the more stories we could get recorded of that guy would be great so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Where, where is lou right now he's in revy okay oh, yeah nice. mm -hmm. in a house no he does not live in a house okay <laughs> i don't think he is ever um apart from barn bay like he's that's the only house we've lived in like and what was that <laughs> house like i i saw i watched the red bull Piece. yeah um, okay so throughout the title but yeah the house looks so cute and your whole family at the table in yeah. the kitchen yeah it just, it's cool yeah it looked like a movie like everything is handmade like and because there was so much so many weather days that he couldn't go out on the boat um there was a lot of time spent crafting and creating um cool things in the house so there was really neat furniture that my dad hand carved and just like um, it was like, yeah, it was rustic, but it was definitely like a home. Like it had so much um, just um, memorable stuff in there. It was cool. It was mm. still there. It's, it's a hunting cabin now, but you can still go there and kind of get the idea. Can you zoom? I mean, I don't want to like dox you, reveal where you lived or put the house at risk or anything, but I was zooming in on Google Maps trying to find it. I saw a couple houses. Do you know if you can see it? You can see it on Google, Google yeah. Yeah. There's a um, airstrip, so sometimes, air, like, my dad flew airplanes um, as well, and um, there's, like, an airstrip you could land on. It's kind of rough. Um, and the helis would come in and land every few days because there's heli hunting in the area. That's how they um, kind of keep the number of deer down because there's no predators and they eat all the vegetation, and the native birds are struggling. So, um, yeah, so they shoot deer from helicopters out there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then they sling them, and then there's just, like, six or eight deer just hanging from a sling on the on the bottom of the heli, and then they drop them off and go and shoot more, and then there's just a pile of dead deer. No in your, way. 
in your yard for the day. Holy smokes. What, what do you do? Oh, I'm a helicopter uh, deer sniper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, all the bullet holes are just straight to the top of their heads. Wow. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I guess like I'm Wild West. I guess I'm ridiculous for thinking I just doxed your home in Barn Bay. People are swarming now. <laughs> Hiking through the woods yeah, to come I burn mean, your house just down. Nine hours. Did all the power to you. <laughs> Try and get out there. Good luck. We did have trampers come out and just like, we'd have to like feed them because they were, they had made huge mistakes on their like navigation and just like no food. And there was a lot of those people like coming through from time to time. And my dad would just scoop them up as like crew hands on the deck and yeah. make them work for him. <laughs> really and they yeah. were i mean i'm sure they were just happy to see somebody oh yeah they, they were mind. they were so grateful so many of them just like tourists on in new zealand just going for a hike and you know just nine hours off course oh yeah yeah oh a couple days <laughs> now was the worst day your family experienced out there was it when the house washed away in the river um, I guess so, because I, I wasn't actually born then, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, apparently, like the story goes, like there was flood warnings for the the river, and um, my dad, there was this like post outside that my dad kept checking on to see if the water had risen past this post, and uh, my mom and dad are funny when they tell stories together, because they're like, no, it went like this, and like, <laughs> no, it was your fault, you didn't look at the post, right, like... <laughs> It's so funny hearing them chat because, um, and it's cool too because they catch each other. Um, but yeah, like I guess my dad went out late. My mom had a baby and like a four year old and a seven year old, no, eight, 12 year old, some. Um, so like three kids and just like in this house that's about to wash into the Tasman Sea and never to be seen again. My dad goes out and checks on this post to see if the water's risen. He's like, not all good goes back to bed and then all of a sudden you, you can hear the house start to like go and they just like have to rush it's pissing rain like gnarly storm and they all just rush out of the house mom's just like I guess holding like the newborn like baby and just like a couple of kids and my dad like watching their house just get tossed into the river to then be pushed out to sea and then um they then lived in the um, the garden shed for a few months and survived off of um, some rations. And I guess there was these juggling balls that were filled with rice that they had to dive into as well and start no like way. eating those. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that's desperate times when there's storms and like you can't really get out and nobody can get in because the weather's too bad. And uh, yeah. There's plenty of stories on Barn Bay that my dad has told, and I mean, they're much better coming from him, but yeah. I feel like a book needs to be written real quick about yeah. this. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. fascinating. It's so crazy, yeah. Like, even just, like, my dad told this story the other day of this two, these two guys that came in, like, younger dude and older man that worked together, but just, like, kind of, um, I don't know, they, they didn't know how to swim or anything. And my dad had them working on the boat for a bit and then sent them back to, uh, they're going back to civilization. So um, they, my dad gave them clear instructions on how to get back and like what to do and how to navigate the area. And they tried to cross the river by blowing up uh, garbage bags. 
and um, the one guy, uh, the older guy, went in first and got washed out to sea. And the younger guy tried and then just, like, got washed back onto the shore of the river right away and then hiked back to our house. And then later on that evening, the heli showed up with the dead guy and, like, body bag and just, like, were just, like, whoa, there's a dead guy in there. No way. (laughs) That's crazy. And then, yeah. And how convenient for him to garbage bag himself up. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. I restrained making that joke. I, I like, mean, it was know, a while ago. It it's a bit inappropriate. Ago. This is a, right. No, this is a long time cut ago. That, cut that, cut that, cut that, I don't want to divert us from this topic, but yeah. I was, um, it's related. I was thinking about your, like, reintegration into society around, like, other people. Oh, yeah. Like, did you have a lot of interesting experiences where like your points of reference were for living were so different yeah i mean like an example would be like would go into civilization every few months to get groceries or supplies and like my sister apparently was they were like downtown like queenstown or something getting like cruising around and my sister just like oh gotta go pee and just like whips down her pants in the middle of the town and like (laughs) you know just like okay that's something we didn't teach them I guess so (laughs) interesting um and then like I don't know when we moved to civilization um we did live on a farm that was quite uh, massive and we had lots of space still but it was so different because we had to go to public school and holy that was gnarly I was not socialized and um, we weren't, um, we were also like, our immune systems were mm, not, right. we were not used to humans. So I feel like we were just sick all the time. And it was mm. just like, that kind of made it really rough times because everyone was always sick and everyone was just like adjusting and it, yeah. How old were you at that point? Like five. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Getting back into So were you, were you guys like, you were the weird kids? Yeah, the weird kids, like, like the, the weird wood woods kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it was kind of kind of funny times. I guess you don't really know any different when you're a kid, but looking back, you're like, "Wow, that was kids are mean." Oh yeah, <laughs> kids are really mean. They're gnarly. Yeah, looking back then. Do you even find now, like, just because you know you're such an outdoorsy person and that's how you're raised, like, do you miss out on certain pop culture references or are you pretty into everything now? I, I do miss out on pop culture like here in Canada because um, I didn't grow up with TV in New Zealand like much like of that stuff. And then coming to Canada when I was 11, like I missed all the movies that the kids watch because New Zealand has different stuff usually right. except for like Lion King and whatnot. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, oh, well cool <laughs> i'll google it later maybe yeah it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter yeah i i watched lion king when i was like 19 for the first time so i oh, lived yeah. in a city and i was still cut off from uh he still Disney he still movies. cried though <laughs> yeah. everyone does <laughs> so um i uh I th- all my information is just from a few articles and and that one podcast yeah, hopefully yeah. it's just i'm not all regurgitating the same information for those of you out there who follow Casey and want to learn more new things about her, hopefully get into some new things. Yeah. But you had, um, your, your dad had bikes. He said he, he would always try to have a bike, at least one bike for you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was always bikes around, um, whether they were like 
crafted together out of parts or whatnot. But there was always bikes, I feel like, and um, he rides a bike every single day. In, in Barn Bay, he, he brought bikes out there? Yeah, there are, like, kids' bikes and stuff out there. So does that mean that he's uh, bringing that in on his back? Yeah, and or the boat. He had boat. Okay, okay. And then um, occasionally there would be, like, helicopters coming in, but we wouldn't really... Like, our only technology was a fisherman's radio. We didn't really have much contact to the outside world. I see. Yeah. So do you remember what your first bike was? Your bike? Mm, I don't, we didn't really have like ownership of Mm. those types of things when we were really little. It was just like the bike. That's, it was like this white bike. And my sister, once we moved to the farm, she's like, okay, it's time for you to learn how to ride a bike. You're five. And she's like kind of gnarly big sister, like the older one. And she took me up on this bike and I was like, oh, excited. Um, My sister wants to hang out with me. That's so cool. Anyways, she put she gets me on this bike like at the top of this hill and just like eats me down the hill and I get the mad speed wobbles like obviously <laughs> like she's just like momentum's your friend go <laughs> and just like the biggest crash um no yeah I think it was more like I was her like toy that day like let's get let's <laughs> let's see how entertaining this can be <laughs> for myself <laughs> funny how you still remember that though Oh, yeah, and then, yeah, when I came, I'd come to Canada to visit, like, because my dad left to Canada during that time, too, when we moved to the farm, and took two of the kids, like my brother and my older sister, and again, like, going to Canada, like, six, maybe, um, my brother's like, oh, you know how to ride a bike now, and he puts me on, and he's, like, built this, like, wedge jump into the woods, like, where they were in Blue River, and he's just, like, running behind me and I'm sitting on the seat and he's just like eating me off this jump and I'm like <laughs> again it was like oh cool my brother wants to hang out with me that I feel special <laughs> again huge crash <laughs> I don't remember anything was your brother the like the biggest daredevil of the group uh, early on yeah I think so just um I don't know just oh I mean we were all daredevils honestly what? I guess I'm just curious of the transition of, like, messing around on bikes in Barn Bay to, like, mountain biking as we know it, free riding in the forest and, like, building stunts and all yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, like, when you grow up kind of without um, being coddled uh, and you get to test out your limits really young and, like, learn how things work, like, momentum and falling down and sharp edges and hard things hurt and you know you learn those lessons without parents around telling you don't do that because you're gonna get hurt and you just like you learn the hard way or you figure it out from your your family and um yeah I think that's really important to you know rewild your children and I don't know kids are soft these days I think was Sam the first one to to actually pick up a proper mountain bike and ride down a trail yeah yeah when he came to canada he got into mountain biking and like learned about mountain biking and my dad was always into bikes so he would put my brother in like little races and stuff and um in revelstoke uh no he we were in blue river at that point like the fact like my dad lived in blue river when he moved to canada and lived in a teepee uh a double walled teepee it still exists um, winterized teepee. Nice. Where yeah. is Blue River? Blue River is 
as a crow flies about a 45-minute LA flight from Revelstoke north over the Caribous, or um, you go past Kamloops north, um, past like Clearwater, between Clearwater and Jasper, mm. tiny town of like maybe two or 300 people. Huge for you guys. Huge. Yeah, that was like the big smoke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There was like a store and stuff, a couple stores. Wow. One of them we called the food museum because everything was expired. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've told you this before, but um, your brother's hamster wheel stunt, iconic yeah. stunt that he built. Yep. Don't know what movie that was featured in. New World Disorder 3. I built that out of popsicle sticks when I was very young. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, uh, yeah, hot glue and popsicle sticks. Because I used to, I don't know, I used to just like to build. I, I talked about popsicle sticks like three podcasts ago yeah. with Blake, right? Yeah, this yeah. guy. <laughs> An abundance of popsicle sticks for some reason. <laughs> for real, I don't know. I just like making stuff with like glue and tape and stuff. And the easiest thing to build was a bike ramp. And yeah. I actually built that so it was functional. No way. Yeah. Whoa, that's Yeah, sweet. so he had an influence on my early childhood Whoa, too. that's crazy. Sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it still exists. It's in pieces in the container and I'm... I want to reconstruct the disconstruct. No wheel. way, it is. Yeah, it's wait, it's wait. chopped up into four pieces though, so we gotta, and we have to make it wider in the spokes part of the wheel because handlebars are much wider now than they were in New World Disorder Three. Can you can you maybe describe what like what the stunt is like? What is it for people that haven't seen? Oh, it? Okay, so it's this, um, so it resets itself all on its own. It's a skinny on the way into basically a hamster wheel for bikes, and you have like an entryway that you get right into, and it's quite narrow. And then as you ride into it, the thing unlocks and rotates as you pedal through it, like a hamster wheel. Gigantic and, hamster wheel. And, and you you're, would you're riding e- in one spot. And you exit through the same hole that you entered through. If that makes sense. Yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. On the other side. side. Still going forward. Still right. going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So you're pedaling for like ten seconds in one spot until yeah, it yeah, spins yeah. around. Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't think I've seen. A, I don't know. Me. I don't, I don't want to put any. I don't know if I've seen anything cooler since. They need to put that on Joyride. Yeah. There's some like I don't know. I feel like more obstacles need to be built for mountain yes. bikes. Like yes. Fun. Yes. Weird. Like inspiration. Like from use like Japanese or just like stunt shows or like Donkey Kong or <laughs> like yeah. things yeah. that show called again Most Extreme whatever. Oh MXP. MXP. No yeah. MXC. MXC. Most Extreme Challenge. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah we need more of that in mountain biking. I yes. Think. I think that would bring the bigger audience. Yeah it might. Yeah and it would be fun. More teeter totters. Remember the more old like teeter totter people jumped up on and then yeah yeah yeah. Oh the triple. Quadruple teeter totter. Me and our dog rode one of those together in a train once. Oh, like um, where they're connected and they all flop around. Yeah, together? so we were on the same teeter totter at the same time. How'd that go? Really wobbly and slow and scary. <laughs> Sounds about right. You made yeah. it out alive though. Yeah. Okay, I thought there was but a bad story coming. <laughs> but he's heavier than I am, so it would be <laughs> really. It really <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't think about that part. So um, the reason I asked uh, about Sam being like, like wondering when mountain biking started is because I'm watching these films and it seems like yeah we had a we had some crappy bikes in Barn Bay you know whatever showed up mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden hamster wheel yeah and I'm like what happened in between like I mean you mentioned here that there's some racing involved but yeah and he is just like he was a big 
like when he moved to Canada, that's all like I would be on the phone with my brother and he would just be talking about, you know, I want I want to get a pair of rock shocks. And I remember like vividly him saying that and not understanding what that meant. I was thinking like rock lobsters, um, like some kind of rock. Electric rocks. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Electric rocks. But it sounds sick and I want some too. <laughs> <laughs> So when did, uh, l- let's bring it back on you. Yeah. When did you realize that you could maybe turn your career, your ma- the mountain biking into a career, or become an athlete? Mm, honestly, I didn't even know it until I was amongst it because mm. um, it seemed like a pipe dream and, I, and like watching my brother do it and like be a professional mountain biker as a grom, that was like, the best influence you could have, like someone that you know, your family, and hero already. So someone you're looking up to, and then you're like, wow, that's cool, I want to do that. I don't care if there's, like, money or not or whatever. If it's successful, it's successful, cool, but that's what I want to do. And I think when you chase what's fun first, and then maybe money will come, but I don't know, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're doing something you love, that's nice and Did did you have a plan B or like what would, if you weren't a mountain biker, what would you be? Plan B is a plan to fail. (laughs) She hadn't planned it. That was what she's saying. I hadn't planned anything. (laughs) (laughs) Canceling all my plan B's. (laughs) (laughs) I guess then what other passions did you have at that time? Like, or was it just like all in on mountain biking? Uh, I like, I, I like doing art and I don't know, just like, being creative, creating things, thinking about to, how to make things better. And, like, I don't know, I guess um, I have sort of a mind, not like my dad's, but I guess a bit of that where I just like to fix things and be like, okay, this is how we can make this better and, you know, like create things more efficiently and stuff. So I don't know what that would lead into. but Accounting. Accounting, yes. Most likely. <laughs> Sales. Oh, my dad always <laughs> says I should have been an accountant. No way. <laughs> Yeah, he's like a, he's a good jokester. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were the? You said you just kind of found yourself amongst it. What were those first couple of years like? Oh, like um, um, being a professional. Like it's all hard to say. Like what when it like it was such a blended era. Like you don't really know when you've made it until you're sitting there and you're like, well, wow, they're actually sending me paychecks to do this now. That's cool, um, but. Before I was getting paychecks, I was World Cup racing, and that was quite the adventure. What was the first World Cup race you? I did Mount St. Anne. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's a gnarly first race. It was so sick. Yeah, that's yeah. an insane course. Yeah. It was, yeah, I had ridden it for national champs, I think, a couple of weeks before, and that was my first time riding it, so, yeah. How did you do in that first race? I... Won national champs my first year trying to do mountain biking as a thing. That's crazy. And then went to Mount Santa Ana and got sixth in my first World Cup. And that was cool. But I didn't know that that was cool until after the fact. Like, see? <laughs> you were like, I just rode my bike. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but it's, um, yeah, that was like a pay-to-play program. Like, I worked... 86 hours a week, 21 days straight in a row with four days off to make money to go race World Cups for half a season. 
Oh my god! What did you do? I was an ele- like a, I was apprenticing as an electrician. Hmm. Interesting. An industri- industrial electrician. So I never really worked on houses or anything, but we did like big machinery shutdowns and sawmills, and I worked up in Rogers Pass, like redoing a bunch of um, facilities up there. Um, yeah, and just you know, making the lights go on. Can you help us uh, build a camper van? We need an electrician. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Is it industrial? <laughs> it, How much I think vol- so. <laughs> it's for industries. I only do huge voltage. All right, well, it's going to be very powerful. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah, for sure. Was that kind of the only... Did you have any other odd jobs before? Yeah, I, I worked in a bit of forestry, like doing... Um, like burning uh, brush piles, so like the scraps left over from logging, and um, yeah, that was eye-opening. Just how much wood gets burned? Yeah, and like you'd go up there and you'd see the list of things to burn, and you'd be like, that's a pile of good logs that they just didn't pick up because it wasn't worth it for them, so, okay. burn it. Yeah, you just, you have like a drip torch, and it's filled with like a diesel kerosene mix and then you just um, find the honey hole it's called you go in there and it's this like crispy little hole of dry like tinder basically and that's like the spot that you light on fire and then then the whole pile will just eventually go up and it burns for days and then all the mice run out the bottom because they were burning their home so sad and then everything just like just like goes so hot like the whole mountain is just like and i couldn't believe i was getting paid for that it was crazy arson wow, <laughs> wow. professionally professional arson <laughs> it's, it was actually so fun <laughs> <laughs> hey guys i'm, I'm just realizing uh we, we're kind of low on this or that oh i'm trying to write write them as we're I promise I'm paying attention when I'm on my phone here. Oh, yeah. I'm no. trying to prepare for later. He's multitasking. We have a little game in store for later. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough. I'm concerned. That's, this is a nuts. Yeah. This is a nuts. <laughs> this is a nuts. Yeah. <laughs> this are nuts. <laughs> I'm going to think hard over here, okay? All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep the interview rolling. Go on, Dave. <laughs> so. What do you got for me, yeah. Dave? We're going to talk about your son. We're going to talk about your sponsors now. Oh. Uh, should I not have introduced it? No, you way? should. You should. You should. Um, so you've been riding treks for seven years. Yeah, since uh, since 2016, when they saved me from the team I was on earlier. <laughs> Who shall not be named at that point? Yeah, I was racing, and then um, I was either about to just go and do real world work. I was like, I'm either burning more forest arson. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That was a pretty fun job. So, um, yeah, I was either going to go get a, a real job or see what else I could do within mountain biking. And I had no idea that I could get on track. I was like, no way. They're, they're talking to me as, like, being the ugly kid in school and, like, <laughs> the good-looking person coming up and being like, hey... I don't think you were the ugly kid school. I've seen photos of you growing up. You were so adorable. I thought that was metaphorical. Metaphorical. Oh, metaphorical. The metaphorical nerd kid. And Trek came up and was like, I had this locker last year and banged it and opened it for you. Yeah, exactly. Just like, (laughs) wow. 
You're like, Dios mío. Uh, what like, was the first contact? Was it, uh, did you just get a message on your pager or? Yeah, on my pager. No, I got a fax. Got a fax? I okay. had a fax coming. It a was falcon <laughs> flew in with a message. Yeah. <laughs> Back in 2016, yes. <laughs> you knew the falcon from uh, Barn Bay. Yeah, it was our messenger falcon. Um, no, but I think it was Andrew Shander who contacted me, and I just, like, honestly, I thought it was a joke at first. I was like, no, this can't be real. Um, and then, yeah, it was real. And here I am on track still to this day. And so, sorry, now I'm curious. Yeah, now I'm into it. I can't. Here, I'm going to pass over the phone are to Jason. Are you going to do, do this or that? Like, which one are you going <laughs> to Right now, I'm going to do, I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do this. What is it? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Well, now I forgot my question. No, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. You got it. Um, I, I guess I'm just kind of curious, uh, especially for that first deal, what you did you negotiate your own deal was um, yeah i negotiated my own deal but i was just like i'll take anything i'll take <laughs> it's not a good negotiating i'll tactic. take a bike and give it back i don't care <laughs> i want to ride bikes and were they sponsoring you to race or to just be you and um, do whatever you want originally i wanted to do like a couple world cups and then they were like we want to put you on the enduro team I'm like wow you have no um idea i have no idea i've never done an enduro that's crazy that i'm going on an enduro team without any experience and like maybe i'm really bad and you won't want me on there i don't know um but yeah i remember just like saying yes to the thing i was like yes <laughs> well that was kind of when like, i want to be on track enduro was becoming way more popular right yeah and it was blowing up yeah yeah can and you guys explain what enduro is for people that don't know ride uh, you get like this little sticker on the top of your bike at the beginning of the race at the beginning of the race and it has like all your start times on it and you have to make it to the top of the mountain to where you're at before your start time and then you have the time between your start time and your next start time to do your race run and pedal up to the next start time which can be run. on a different mountain yeah. completely or right. so yeah. it should yeah yeah, correlate with how long that takes, and sometimes it's tight, and sometimes it's uh, chilling. So, um, yeah, it's it's an intense thing though. Like you're you're on your bike for like eight hours um, and riding really gnarly stuff, and yeah, it's crazy. So, how has the track relationship uh, developed over the last seven years? Has it has it been the dream come true? It has. I mean, it's it's so amazing that I've been able to kind of create my own path in a way like yeah the first year I I mean they paid me money and I rode bikes and then I rode enduro and then I did like um yeah a bunch of that stuff and then I also did lots of free ride and movies and they put me in their movies and um yeah I was like so honored to be in that position and then they also just trusted me to just do what I wanted to do and they still do that they're just like they give me so much freedom they're not like confining me to this discipline that maybe I'm not in love with or anything like that so um yeah I feel like a lot of athletes kind of just do what their sponsors ask of them and it's quite confining and um I'm really grateful that I I get to be creative on my bike and get to just kind of um do what I want and just be real random <laughs> so it sounds like they're sponsoring like 
you as whatever you want to be as opposed to an idea of a racer that they want to fill a slot for. Yeah, exactly. They're just, um, yes, I guess it's just like an experiment and <laughs> it's working, I guess, because like women's free rides blowing up right now. And, and that was like the beginning of mountain biking for me and my the first inception of mountain biking for me was free ride and that's what I wanted to be and there was no path for that so um I had to do a big like long path to get there but yeah that was always the goal is free ride really even in the racing days you were like mm, I want to not be on this course yeah like ever since I was um like 14 years old I was free ride just froth frother who were you looking up to in those days my, bro the, my brother, heroes? like Kurt Sorge, Garrett Bueller, um, obviously like all the guys in Neural Disorder movies and like Rome and the Collective and, you know, those days that was always um, the only stuff I knew in mountain biking. Do you remember the first mountain bike segment you watched? Um, the first mountain bike segment I watched Whoa, that's, I don't know. The first one I remember was New World Disorder 3, but I know I watched the New World Disorders before that, but that was, like, I think the most memorable just because my brother was in it, and I got the DVD mm. before it had, like, been released to oh, the public. yeah, yeah. And I got, like, a couple of my friends over, and they were just like, no way. Am I, like, yeah. It was, I don't know. I felt like that was a huge moment watching it in our in our single wide trailer <laughs> with <awesome>. my friends. <laughs> I, I'm picturing like mountain bike posters on the wall in this trailer. Is this accurate? Yeah, I mean like in my bedroom, yeah. My dad, when he moved to um, Revelstoke, he moved in with his girlfriend who lived, yeah, just in this single wide. And uh, my dad set up the teepee, the winterized teepee in the yard as like the kid's zone. So getting back to Trek a little bit here, they, they gave you the opportunity to do whatever you want. So they also give you the opportunity to travel around the world. You've been to many, many cool places. How many countries have you been to at this point in your life? Oh, my God. I haven't even counted. Um, do we count now? <laughs> That's what we do? Sure. Um, oh, my God. One, Canada. Canada. New Zealand, two. New Zealand. USA, three. America. Um, Europe. Hawaii, I guess, Europe is America. Is a country. I would one. say Hawaii is a different country than Europe, America. Africa, Asia. But we're done with countries. <laughs> I've been to all the islands of, of the yeah. world. All the big islands. Where is, like, the most remote, other than, obviously, where you grew up, but, like, for biking, where were you, like, whoa, we're Well, here. I think Return to Earth, when we went to Argentina and went out into the backcountry of Patagonia, that was really remote, and... Um, just like when you're out in the wild like that, riding your bike at that level, you have to consider so much more than just shredding. Um, you have to like think about, okay, um, I'm not, there's only like a couple helicopters in this area and they're not going to fly in this weather and like don't get hurt, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like ride and like ride at a certain percentage that you're not going to get hurt, but you still want to make a sick shredded. Like you still have to show the world you're riding and um, yeah, to find balance when you're out there like that. And then uh, yeah, being out there camping in like 
the backcountry, you have like a little stream to wash up in every couple of days and like, I don't know, you're just living amongst the grime, you get just so dirty, wake up just like so grimy because of the wind and just everything's just dirt filled. You're, you, you're drinking out of your mug and there's just like so much like dirt in it because the wind and everything and you just you stop caring you just stop caring after a while is that where like where you find yourself in your zone is this year yeah i think so i'm just like well this is great like everyone's having a great time and i don't know i feel like it's kind of uh yeah everyone has like good conversations and you're away from all social media and i like those trips are the best is when you're out of service what about bugs (laughs) kind of bugs (laughs) <laughs> when you're on these trips or are you have bug issues um so i'm kind of scared of spiders but like when they're out and they're out in their zone that's fine they do their thing i do my thing i have a lot of respect um like mosquitoes and sandflies and midges um i guess i grew up around that stuff so it takes a lot for those to bother me a lot mm-hmm. when yeah. we were just on that bike park tour that you were part of Mm -hmm. uh it was pretty gnarly for uh, some spots for sure yeah i think don't think revelstoke sprayed for um mosquitoes this year because usually like towns like this will like do like a once over on the town and spray for them so the tourists hang out i don't think i knew that yeah what tell us more about this well i don't know what they spray but i know it's something to suppress the um mosquito larvae so oh. that there's um, still tourists. That sounds healthy for the like world. The chemtrails are real. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it. that's what the chemtrails are doing. Just it's all for mosquitoes. Because then I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> I was stressing that my bug question was a dead end until you brought that up, so I feel better about it now. Yeah, yeah and that like, took a turn. I don't know. Mosquitoes are gnarly this year. I, oh, uh, super gnarly! It's because yeah. our, we had a delayed summer. Yeah, so they had more time to gestate. Gestate. Yeah, what a gross word. It is a gross yeah. word. People Do you, don't like moist. Gestate. Gestate is gross. Get out of here. Do you know more about the spring? I, I'm really intrigued. The what spring? Like, like uh, the, the skier spring. Yeah. Like, have you no. seen this with your own eyes? I just heard. No, about but it. I like I know sometimes Blue River will do it because they have really bad mosquitoes. Is this from planes, or is there just like a guy in like a yellow hazmat suit just, walking around? Might be just a guy. Steve. Steve. <laughs> just a guy. It's Might the just, same guy. He goes to every town. Yeah, he does every town. He's yeah, like, you got a Skeeter problem? I got it. Skeeter Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, yes! I'm just wondering why they don't just spray more and just eradicate them. They're part of the ecosystem. I'm, I mean. Yeah, what about the swallows? Yeah. They need food. See, here's the thing. I don't have a lot of respect. So <laughs> I just want to abolish. Yeah, unlike yeah, you. I mean, just don't eat bananas and you'll be fine. For the I'm ecological impact? No, no, for the ben- mosquitoes. I had oh, bananas with bananas. my Cheerios this morning. Yeah, you're doing that. Do right. the mosquitoes love people that have eaten bananas? They love banana blood. Whoa. Maybe. Could be an old old wives' tale. No, I like yeah. I like this. Let's spread spread I'm some misinformation. I'm spreading misinformation, yeah. and That's I love it. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> the the title's going to be uh, Casey Brown spreads uh, uh, misinformation. Yeah, well, just like fake news. Yeah spreading it so you like being out there in the bush you like roughing it you like drinking dirt in your cup mm. where did you not have fun where was it a little too rough for you in the past hmm where was it a little too rough has I that ever happened no oh, i think just like 
I think the the roughing it in the in the wilderness is at any level I enjoy. Like put me out there, put me in coach. Um but like when you're tra- like when I was trying to be a World Cup racer on that team, that kind of roughing it was too much. Mm. Cuz um you're just like worried about the police coming into your your accommodation because your team manager didn't pay and just like that kind of roughing it like stressing because of um like logistic roughing it logistic roughing it when you're trying to be professional Mm -hmm. and just like yeah not having the right parts over your bikes and yeah just i don't know that those couple years were the most gnarly for roughing it I think. Mm. Sounds like uh, you weren't taken care of as well as you could have been. Well, no, and it was just like everyone was learning all together, so there was a lot of learning the hard ways. Okay. And yeah. this, this is why you shouldn't get sponsored by Skier Steve. He just doesn't have the resources. Skier Steve's <laughs> bicycle team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's an oddly specific <laughs> reference to a manager who didn't pay um, a fee what was, what is this fee? Why didn't you pay? Oh, just like, or you know. Not trying money, to throw anybody like, under the bus No, here, like when, when everyone's figuring it all out and team manager just doesn't know how to team manage, like he's not receiving money on time to then in order to pay hotels on time to, or yeah, like everything was always just like, there was countless times that police were involved. Really? Wow. I thought it was uh, like drug testing, random drug testing you were going to bring up. No, I got I got random drug tested. So I don't know if it was just because I was Canadian, but I feel like every World Cup I did, I was the random. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm, doesn't sound random. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I thought I was smoking weed or something. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty rough. The um, yeah, Now I've, I've hung out with, uh, hung out, <laughs> professionally worked with a couple very elite racers, and yeah, they've they've been vocal about how you're basically being watched all the time. And at any given time, any day, someone could show up and give you a random test. Yeah, and it's just yeah. so much stress on you because you just like have no time to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't know when you're gonna be chaperoned. Yeah, do they yeah. and they test you for weed? Uh, back then, I'm sure they did yeah yeah that was like the same stuff same testing you'd get in the olympics right. or whatever so just uh, uci you're UCI. dangerously yeah. mellow <laughs> mm, you're, you're chilling too hard you're chilling way too hard we're and, gonna and get her besides the random drug tests you have your team manager and you have to these people would have to report like what are you doing what's up where are you mm. just occasionally throughout the day you always have yeah. to tell them your whereabouts i mean for us roughing it being like those kinds of people i don't think we were really on their radar too hard but yeah i've heard people just getting like like after a night out their chaperone shows up and is like hey where are you we need to test you Mm. and they're like whoa i'm super hungover and like (laughs) okay (laughs) are there any is there anything from those days that you miss like now that you're how do i put this you're kind of there's some some grass is greener to being the privateer or like the you know not yeah. so corporate. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you definitely go on more uh, random adventures when you're on in that situation, just because you're just tossed into 
strange situations all the time because you just you're roughing it so much and you have no money and you're like I don't know I have so many stories from back then that are like hilarious now <laughs> but at the time we're like, but at the time they're like holy <laughs> this is crazy I guess you're also facing injuries too um, yeah oh yeah world cup racing you're just constantly battling you're just you you're not even skin you're not even human toned anymore you look like some kind of weird gray slug from being bruised so hard <laughs> you're just like you look down at your legs he's like these legs look like they're from a cadaver <laughs> Corpse, gray, green, <laughs> blue. Well, but you met, you mentioned uh, a time when you, I think you said your liver like nearly exploded or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's dramatic, isn't it? Was, it, was it lacerated? Verbatim, that's what you said. Yeah, I lacerated my liver before World Cup racing, like when I was trying to get enough points. Like once I learned that you got to get points, but I had enough points to go. I just didn't know it yet. I was just doing as many races as I could. <laughs> And so I did this one race after going free riding the day before and severely concussioning myself. And like trash, I was like doing all the races on a trail bike too. Like I had only one bike. And um, yeah, so I had totally destroyed myself and my bike the day before. And then I went out for my race run the next day. I like went into the river and like tried to clear my mind because I was like, well, I feel weird. Um, but I didn't have people around me to tell me that I was concussed. Looking back now, I'm like, well, that was dumb. Um, but yeah, I was like pretty messed up. My brain like couldn't keep up with the speeds. And I like went over the bars, hit the ground so hard that my liver hit the inside of my body so hard that it like split almost into like the class four out of five. And then I was just like seeing the tunnel. Um, yeah, I, bla- I like stood up right away, and I was like, oh, I'm blacking out. And I like laid down on a rock, and then I was like, this is quite relaxing. I don't know what's happening, but I there's, there's a lot of pain, and I'm seeing a tunnel. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And then they like hauled me out of there. It took like over an hour to get me off the mountain because they got the truck stuck. What mountain was this? Oh, no. Panorama. Oh, I've been oh. there. Yeah. I've been hauled off Panorama. Really? Yeah. Dude, that mountain has gotten me a few times. Yeah, it's a savage place. The Cliffs <laughs> of Insanity was what got Jason. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was also racing a dental race on a trail bike. No way. <laughs> it was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's chunky out there. Yeah, so anyways. Jason broke his, his ankle, spun 180 degrees yeah, the wrong direction. Around. Yeah, it's pretty cool for like photos, but uh, <laughs> not for me. Bring <laughs> stories too. Oh no, oh. that's rough. So did they take you to? They must have taken you to Invermere then. Yeah, they took me to their clinic first, and they couldn't figure it out. Took me Invermere, couldn't figure it out, and then they took me to Castlegar. Yeah, or Cranbrook. Cranbrook. Yeah, what? Oh, Castlegar. Three hospitals. Yeah, took a They while. couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. It's a well, Invermere and the t- clinic are super basic. It's like yeah, they gave me like an ultrasound and was like, eh, can't tell. Yeah. yeah, different um, hospitals have different levels of technology and um, knowledge. Yeah. yeah, and then like the CT scan showed everything. So then yeah. I was in ICU for like uh, five days. Wow. Wow. And did you get surgery? No, they just put me on enough sedatives to make me stay real still for enough days. The liver heals really fast. Um, so it just, so and they monitored me. They checked my blood every four hours and like gave me a CT scan every day. And checked in on the healing process, and um, 
Yeah, that was a long time ago, but it... Uh, fond memories. Fond memories. The blood in the abdomen took three months to, like, disappear. I had so much blood, like, sitting in my... Did you have, like, a little jelly pocket? No, it was just, like, you could... It, oh, it was so gross. The feeling of it is, like, you'd stand up, and it would take about ten minutes for everything to settle. Oh, and then you'd like go to go to bed, and you'd be like dreading it. And then you'd like lay down, and then the pain of every all the blood like moving around in your belly. Oh. You'd just be like, "Oh my god!" Oh, wow, just sloshing around. Yeah, and then like two weeks later, my sister's boyfriend told a funny joke, and I laughed. <laughs> and all the blood released onto my right lung and like collapsed the lower half of my right lung. <laughs> what? From yeah, funny joke, right? Side split. So I went back to the hospital. <laughs> Murdered. Yeah. I murdered in I, have, uh, I have a question about, like, riding with injuries. Like, mm. I'm so interested in, like, what's that level where you go, like, no, I'm a no-go? Because I'm sure it varies between different athletes. Is, mm. is this a uh, thought triggered by um, learning that Emil was riding with a pretty he, recent broken hand? Yeah, or just guys that are doing their, you know, first lap or their warm-up, and they, you know, and crash pretty hard, and then they mm-hmm. keep going. Mm. Yeah, um... I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, if you have, like, a couple tests on your bike, like, can you do a bunny hop? Can you do a push-up? Like, how does that feel? Like, can you do it, like, without wincing or without crying? Then you can probably ride your bike. But, um, I mean, the beauty of it is, like, when when you're riding your bike, all your your mind goes towards is how to ride the bike, and usually you should just forget about it the pain or the injury. Um, Like, another story about Panorama, I went over the bars in Panorama another time over a drop and, like, um, broke my collarbone in two places, almost compound. Like, you could see the, like, the bone had, like, almost punctured the skin. It was real close. Um, Anyways, I, uh, yeah, Panorama got me. Um, Went to Dr. Hurd, and it was, like, two... Exactly two weeks before Garbanzo and mm-hmm. I like Crankworks Whistler and I was like, Hey, heard like I, I need to race in two weeks. Can we do anything? And he's like, Yeah, we'll just put a bunch of extra screws in and put a huge plate on it, like we'll overbuild your collarbone so you can race in two weeks. And so yeah, they bolted me back together a couple of days later and like just like hammered out physio like a week later I was riding my bike and um yeah it took like three days for me to get like full range of motion like totally just rushed everything I don't recommend it like if you have time to heal heal but I was young and dumb so yeah when what at what point in your career was that that was um 2013 so I was like on I was on Norco back then Mm. yeah and yeah race Garbanzo did a whole like the full crankworks thing and, um, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, you can do it. You've also broken your pelvis. A long time ago. Well, wow, that was like my first broken bone. Oh my, what a bone to break. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Um, well, I was dirt jumping down at the river jumps and I. Mm, was, in Whistler. Yeah, I guess I was just tired and kind of nose cased a tiny bit, like on, like pushing the front end in. I don't know. I landed on my head and broke my pelvis. Not sure what happened. Anyways. Um, I've also landed on my head there. So, yeah. yeah. We have a lot in common. And then group. I tried to walk it off. And 
I was just like, I don't want to go to the hospital. So I got my friend to carry me into my truck. And we went and, like, slept at Buddy's house. I slept on the floor on my, like, blow-up mattress, like, my camping gear. And then I woke up, like, I had been, like, carried there, placed on my bed, um, fell asleep, woke up, like, basically thought I had a back injury because I couldn't physically sit up or anything and I couldn't even like get myself to sit up so I was like I need someone to carry me to the hospital I don't know what's wrong with me so they like carried me in and I guess I had yeah broken my finger in my pelvis and yeah not something you can walk off no no yeah you're, you're tough as nails how how is, is your health these days all these injuries combined uh, it's, it's, metal, some metal in you still I mean yeah, no I took I got the metal out last, all, like two years ago it was good, good. it was hurt hurt so much um yeah no but no I'm good like you just got to keep moving and keep mobility and stuff and your body responds pretty good eat good food don't stay out too late at night and, uh, yeah you'll be I fine. feel like you're talking to us directly <laughs> <laughs> I feel attacked yeah, I feel, yeah I'm feeling very triggered right now <laughs> <laughs> you were out late too so exactly no, I, was, that, I was attacking myself how many Red Bull vodkas though did you have uh, I only ha- I don't know. I didn't have any Red Bull vodkas. I had sake, I had a margarita, I had a sake margarita. Um, oh, Trek's at the this door. M- this must be uh, a special occasion because you mentioned in a, in a post that you're not much of a fan of alcohol, but except for when you're spraying champagne and you got cameras on you. And yeah, you know, I mean, and Mel did win and we're at the Trek dinner and there was drinks forced no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no they had the beer bong out they had the beer bong out. no it was it was fun it was awesome i didn't really drink my i had like maybe four drinks five drinks throughout the whole night mm-hmm. lightweight responsible mm. you deserve it i'm i wanted to um talk about the challenges of filming because obviously we know them very well this trying to find the balance between having fun on your bike and just riding and being in the moment but then also Filming a segment where you have to climb up, do it again, do it again, wait for the sun, wait for the cloud. Oh, yeah. There's a problem. The battery died. Hang on. Like, and mm-hmm. then you find your flow. You find you or sorry, you lose your flow. You lose your momentum. Mm. Um, you I've worked. I've had the pleasure of working with you as well. And you're very patient. You're I, I just want to hear from your perspective. What is it like being on a massive film production? So fun. <laughs> <laughs> Because you do it a lot? <laughs> no, it's just like, I don't know. I I guess having patience for that stuff is, there's like nothing to it. Like if you have to wait for light, you just like chill. You're like, okay, I'll just have a nap in this moss until they call me and then I'll get on my bike and I'll ride it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. You just kind of hang out in the forest. And I love hanging out in the forest. So that's any excuse to do that. Do you like that? Do you like the filming more than the competing? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I'm i not doing any timed runs this year. No racing. No racing. Zero. I did the A-line race, but in a train. So That was sick. The party train. <laughs> the party train. Yeah, so we did a party train, and that was the only time that I got between the tape. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yep. Why? That, just curious. Why? Um, taking a step back from it is nice and like, um, putting energy towards other things in my riding is also like one of my, um, bigger goals. And I felt like racing and being like, 
um, yeah, putting energy into that had taken away from the creative side. And um, yeah, just I want to do more creative stuff on my bike. And you know, you got to shift your energy around, make room for it. You don't want to get burnt out, so you have to take something out in order to put something in. Super smart. That's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think uh, so. I um I asked how many countries you've been to we never got to the bottom of it oh yeah but instead of sitting here and counting them all what is the best country what's the worst country you've been to um, let's throw someone under the bus here worst country well that's gnarly I've, um <laughs> worst country worst worst experience yeah it's not necessarily it's the not the worst country be the trip or oh yeah um well best country i like bhutan that was cool what a neat place Where's Bhutan? Bhutan's between India and China and the Himalayas. Oh, okay. And it's a small little country that, um, yeah, they're just, they're the only country that has a negative uh, carbon footprint. They absorb more carbon than they produce. Oh, wow. Okay. Very cool. Negative carbon emission. Uh, And they they measure their... um, what is the GWP, like the when countries measure? GDP. GDP. They measure their GDP on mental health, like how happy people are. Mm. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Hmm. And the worst? The worst country. Ooh. Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the country of the yes. sovereign nation of Las Vegas. Good answer. Yes. Yeah, that's a good call. Is the worst that does not seem like your vibe. Yeah, that worst? is the exact opposite of yeah. where you belong. Worst repu- representation. Yeah, to wear human. shoes the whole time, I'm sure. Ew, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. gross. Like two shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought we said two shoes. Oh, yeah, it's so gross. I'm eh? guessing Interbike brought you to Las Vegas. Yeah. Or is there something else? And like flying to St. George to or flying to, you know, southern Utah trying to go to rampagey stuff. Yeah. Ride that mm. kind of stuff. Um, you fly into Las Vegas and... Yeah, Las Vegas is definitely the worst country that I've been to. (laughs) (laughs) Someone in the comments is just raging, like, it's not our country. (laughs) (laughs) They pull it down their slot machine. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a 95-year-old woman at a slot machine listening to this podcast. I'm sure it's great, though. Alex Honnold lives there, and I mean... The free soloist? Yeah, the free soloist. So I'm sure I've only seen the strip, and... Do you know him? Uh, no, I do not. Know oh, okay, him. I got really excited for a second. Yeah, my old my old pal there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you did, but you did meet uh, Kelly Slater though in Hawaii. Yeah, I have met Kelly Slater. Were you starstruck? Yes. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I grew up watching Kelly Slater uh, much. If I maybe if I he did have a video game though, so that's pretty cool. Kelly Slater, pro surfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would I would ask him about his video game experience. That gets me excited. I don't know anyone that's <laughs> the goat in there sport mm. is like i'm pretty starstruck very fair mm-hmm. any other um moments where you were starstruck seeing someone out in the wild mm. in las vegas actually i saw bam margera who was that bam margera don't know oh really from jackass yeah oh mm-hmm. right i met tony hawk i was pretty starstruck yeah i spent like a we did like a athlete summit oh for for which brand action cam Okay. When oh. Sony had that action. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, got put on, I got put on some, like, crazy summits on that, that program. Cool. What's yeah. Tony Hawk like? He's, 
I don't know. It's like st- so starstruck. I never like, <laughs> just like sat at the table, just like whoa. Did you shout do a kickflip at him? Want <laughs> <laughs> to like do oh a nine hundred right now? Yeah. yeah. What do you like to do in your spare time? Nine hundreds. Cool. You have some of the coolest bikes out there. You are uh, very fortunate to get some pretty cool custom bikes. I'm guessing mostly painted from Eric at Eric Heth at, yeah, uh, yeah. at Trek. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant yes. painter. Yeah, super, super grateful to have Trek make like custom painted bikes for us C3 athletes. Like, I mean, you come up with ideas and you like send them over and then you're just waiting. You're like, I wonder what they're going to come up with, with like the colors and the and the designs that you sent them and yeah then they send back an amazing piece of art and you're like wow i get to ride this for a whole year this is sick how involved are you in that process um pretty involved like uh a few back and forths and like sending through different ideas and then sometimes they're like no that'll take us like Mm. a whole year to paint we can't do that like what's something that you asked for that they said we can't do that Mm. I don't know, like maybe just something that has like so much fine detail that mm. needs to be hand done. Mm. Too much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to pick stuff that's, I mean, some of my bikes are the longest bikes that have been in paint, like eight hours of paint. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because you have a lot of like design. It's not just colors. It's more yeah. design work. And yeah, and stuff that's kind of like personalized and yeah. Request they like print a whole book. Yeah, no. What? <laughs> just, a, just, just like write out the yeah, this is, book. This is the wrong font. Can you please do it again? I asked for Helvetica. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite bike? Oh, uh, the uh, one I have now. Yeah. Definitely. The Session? The Session Park, yeah. yeah. What's the yeah. design? Is um, that Paisley? No, or? it has like old school sort of Western tattoo style pieces on it. So there's actually two Snuff the Dogs on there. And like... Some wild horses, like snuffs in a cowboy hat. We got like some sunflowers, some monarch butterflies, like skulls, and like yeah, what else is there? There's a ride or die. There's um, a few different like little word words. Is like 1990, like the year I was born. Buffalo, like guy in a buffalo. Guy in a buffalo. <laughs> yeah, he's on there. He's <laughs> he's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw. Your bikes in um, the bike room here at the Ava. Yeah. And it's like, it's cool that you can look at that bike multiple times and have almost like a different viewing experience depending yeah. on like how you see it. Yeah. And then you can just like check out like, like every time I look at it, I'm like, whoa, no way. There's like, that's there. That's cool. So. So are you going to keep that on? Is that a wall piece later? Like. Yeah. I mean, all of the custom painted bikes we keep and like, I'll just eventually probably just have all my bikes as display because they all have pretty sentimental value and um some of them i lend out to friends and they just ride them for a season and give them back and then yeah then you just retire them because they're old and clapped lucky friends yeah (laughs) so we recently visited revelstoke and we were super impressed with the bike park there the trails are amazing jump trails are insane uh, we didn't get a chance to check out your Dark Horse course, though. Mm. And I'm curious uh, what's in store coming oh, yeah. up. Yeah, so we have been, like, being at Crankworks this time, it was more meetings and stuff like that. So a few of the meetings were for Dark Horse and just, like, 
planning and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we're going to have same courses last year, just like slightly tweaked to work a bit better because every year you got to make it slightly different, slightly better, right? Because, I mean, you can't get it perfect the first time. Uh, and then we'll have the progression zone again with like the airbag and then we're going to have the mulch jump, but we're going to make it um, quite a bit more chill so you can just try weird stuff on your bike and not feel too intimidated by the height of the ramp or anything because the ramps were huge last year. Um, yeah, and then 20 girls instead of 12, so there's huge bump up there very sick yeah and uh yeah it's just gonna be it's closing weekend for the bike park as well so mm. um i think a lot of people will come out and and watch and yeah and is it still a similar format where you're gonna hand out awards for different yeah 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 tricks totally. or style or yeah and there's like other awards like if you have a huge slam or if you like you know, have a close call. There's a, those awards too. Like that. you got to, you got to, you got to reward like people who are, you know, risking it and trying things and, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the, what's the goal there? Is it, let's go worldwide with this. And oh yeah. Dark horses all over. Yeah, or? I know. It would be so cool. But like, um, for me, it's just like focusing on the one is, is a big enough endeavor. Um, but yeah, the goal is just to be sort of, that incubator for free ride women's field and we have a lot of catching up to do and i feel like these events are really important to catch up and to grow the sport in that direction you need to just keep fostering the momentum that we have already and little events like this really help yeah i mean it shows like yourself and others have put in energy to these events and in the last i would say two or three years the, mm. the women now the field is insane yeah and and just like uh, dark horse in itself the name is for like the up-and-comers and just like who who do we have coming up and how can we help them mm. like to the next step so it's just like that first kind of stage like maybe they've only ever they've never ridden in an event before and this is their first one that that they're going to and um yeah just a place for the girls to kind of shine a light on their skills and hopefully it's not a contest or anything there are awards but it's not like it's not contest based. It's just totally progression based, and that's what I've learned over the years. Is um, progression happens way better when there's no contest. All that stress is taken off. More of a session where yeah. you can take as many runs as you want. Yeah, and you're allowed to fail, and you're allowed mm -hmm. to, you know, like bail off your bike. You're not going to be judged for it. You're going to, you know, it's it's a safe space. Is it rider decided the awards? Uh yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Should we this or that? Or this or nuts? This or nuts? Well, well, I, I, <laughs> what would you rather I, have? I, 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 just, I wanted to take one step further. We didn't really dive too much into the growth of female representation in the sport. Mm. I just want to hear from you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing to go out there. I mean, specifically here at Crankworx, you look at the lineup and it seems... Uh, Oh no, there's like a quarter women now mm -hmm. in the lineup. It's pretty pretty yeah. awesome to see. Yeah, we're getting there. Mm -hmm. It's close. I mean, there's no reason why it can't be 50-50. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's like at some point it's just culture-based. Um, we've seen massive growth, but where do you think, like what areas is there, I guess, do we need more growth? Do we, 
Or like in what ways it, do you need more growth? Um, yeah, I think... I, the, how do we get to 50? Leisure athletes, like not making it... Like Katie Burrell started the Brent Leisure Athlete not long ago. And I think that is a really cool way to get more women involved because a lot of the stuff that intimidates women about mountain biking, like when they're coming from like no sports at all is like, whoa, this is gnarly. We have to be like professional, wear all this body armor, like full face helmet. Like it, it looks intense and intimidating. And if you like break it down and bring it back a couple notches, like you can make it way more appealing if you just go at it leisurely and you don't have to be that good. You can just ride a blue trail and you don't have to like aim for riding a black trail. You can just be happy there and you know, you don't, yeah, you don't have to be like a pro athlete or want to be a pro. You don't have to want to be a pro athlete. You can just go and do it. Sort of like a skiing or snowboarding. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like, just like the gear intimidates people sometimes. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. For sure. Yeah. I'm glad we've evolved from being the stormtroopers though. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any frustration towards uh, unfair pay in the industry? I did. I Yeah, when I was, like, coming up, it was, like, I mean, I guess the arguments from – I'm throwing the UCI under the bus because they have tried to squash – they've done everything to squash women's mountain biking, like, in downhill, like, shrinking the field, making it harder to qualify, and then – then being like, we don't pay you as much because there's not as many women. It's like, well, it's hard to qualify and not as many girls can afford to get there. It's like, you're just like, you're smothering, you know, what could be a really huge field if you let it just, you know, ignite. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like there are some parts of the industry that are really archaic still and need to, you know, just be more supportive of the females mountain biking because they're coming up and we need to foster it and make sure it grows and what's the uci a union cyclist international um the governing race body yeah. for world cup racing yeah so it's like fifa yes gotcha yeah yeah the people that do the pee tests where is that <laughs> they watch you just pee just curiosity where is that like <laughs> centralized switzerland yeah, I think Switzerland. Yeah, because I got a fine from them once, and it was in Swiss francs. Oh. Uh, for what? <laughs> E-test? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's actually here in Whistler. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Unpaid tab of garf. <laughs> so I got to the bottom of my race run for the Canadian Open, and... <laughs> I hadn't had a like rewind back to like practice. I hadn't gotten a practice lap in the morning of the race. And uh, they were like so strict. I got there literally 20 seconds after they closed. And I was like, come on, you guys were in Canada. Like this is the Canadian, it's not like, come on, it's not like a World Cup. And they're like, no, go to the bottom, ride beeline. And I was like, okay, I'll ride B-line. And so I went down B-line, 
And then I saw that beeline went real close to the track and I was like, I'll just sneak in. (laughs) (laughs) So I just like snuck in the forest and rode down and, um, Connecting to which trail? Canadian Open? Canadian Open. Okay. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Okay, I can get one practice lap in before the race. So I rode down, got to the bottom, and I was like, cool. Okay, now I know what the track is like. That's nice. And then I went back up for my race run, race down. I was like, I think I was I seated first maybe or second. I don't know. Anyways, I was one of the last people, people down. Got to the bottom. I, get, I had won it, and... I was, it was like back in the day when you'd like win 10 grand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. winning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was when Crankworx had just made like equal pay as well. So I was like, whoa, no way. And then I get approached by like an official <laughs> and I knew it was coming, but I didn't know what level. I was just like, they're not, they're going to take my, they're going to take the gold away from me. Right. Oh. I had like gone to like worst case scenario instantly and be like, oh no, I've messed up. <laughs> anyways i got approached by like the C- quebec official and being like we are so sorry to inform you um we regret to inform you but here's a 70 swiss franc fine and i was like so relieved <laughs> i was i thought honestly they were like nope you are disqualified wow yeah, that would be tense. Hey? That was the, like, most, I don't know, the naughtiest thing I've done in mountain biking, I think, <laughs> is jumping in off beeline onto the Canadian Open because I was 20 seconds late for practice. But it shows kids that pays off. Yeah. Apparently. You won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. The math checks Lesson out. Lesson learned. The math checks out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 70 versus 10,000. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now that we're here, I want to know, like, I, you know, going through your Instagram stuff, you get the occasional, like, uh, um, creepy comment. And being a woman in your, in your position, how do you deal with that? I just go on some random professional mountain biker dudes and write a creepy comment in return. <laughs> just to balance it out balance a little bit. Balance the world out? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Perfect. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just kind of delete them or... Usually it's just people trying to get attention or... Yeah, that's weird. I did have a stalker once, though. Oh. Do we tell the stalker story? You should tell it. We can cut it if, it, if you decide, if it's, if it's no bueno. Have I told it before on a podcast? I don't know. Hopefully mm-hmm. not. We need the scoop. Yeah, we want the scoop. Okay, so back when I was racing... it, This is quite a long story, guys. Sorry. We're in. I got time. We We're got in. Time. We're okay. more worried about your time. Oh, yeah, no. I'm worried about like... I didn't ask for the late checkout yet. <laughs> That's fine. We're at the Ava. They love you guys. Um, Shout out to the Ava. Big fan. Um, anyways, when I was racing Enduro, I was at an Enduro in um, Aspen, Colorado. Huge day. Finished up the Enduro. I think I had gotten third. There was lots of fans around. We were packing down the track tent. And this girl comes up to me. And she was, um, speak like had a bit of broken English, and she was like one of those fans that were like one of those fans. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh my god, I have a super fan. No way. Anyways, she's broken English, like straight from China. She's like, I moved to the U.S. to follow my dreams because you of your um, article in Bike Magazine. She had found it somewhere, and. Like, basically, like, 
follow your dreams. And she did that. And she was like, I'm moving to America and I'm going to ride a bike. (laughs) Anyways, packing down the tent, kind of busy. She was hanging around for a really long time. And I was just like, I don't know, just doing the things, like packing everything down. Anyways, she was like, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that, that's nice. Thank you. Because it was broken English, and I thought it was like a mistranslation. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. looking back on that now, not a mistranslation. Whoa. Anyways, um, months later, I'm coming back from a Europe enduro, and I take like a photo of my boarding passes because I have like four airports to transit through a huge like 40, like 45-hour um, transit day. And that's a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. What? Five <laughs> <laughs> hour day. Okay. Let's crunch the numbers. <laughs> Carry the one. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Anyways, I guess that it had my arrival time in what airport I was going to at the end of the travel day, and I show up to no. Kelowna <laughs> Kelowna Airport no. trying to go home. After, like each time, I, each encounter is like at my most, um, like horrendously tired moments, yeah. you know. Anyways, I get to Kelowna and I'm like waiting for my bags, and I get approached by this girl, this chick, and I kind of recognize her, kind of like don't really have the time a day I'm like so tired anyways I uh grab my bags and this girl's like standing near me and she's like hi do you remember me like speaking in broken English again I'm like kind of but I don't know who you are um and she's like uh I'm so inside I forget her name I think it's like Char or something anyways um she was like why like interrogating me on why I didn't respond to her messages on Instagram. Like, I don't really read all my request messages. Like, I don't know. Anyways, she's like, can I uh, offer you a place to stay? I live here now. I moved to Vernon to go to school, like Kelowna to go to school and to be closer to you. (laughs) I didn't, honestly, I didn't, honest, any kind of like thing, like clue that, came through didn't register right at this point i I was like the the second language thing. the second language thing you're like okay cool and each time i encounter was i'm super tired like totally ratchet tired anyways she asked for my phone number i give her fake one because i'm so tired i'm like i don't want to have any confrontations here and i'm like i don't know why i didn't read your message i'm so sorry like i'll check in and i um explained her i'm like no my boyfriend's picking me up i'm we're, i'm gonna go like back to revelstoke um anyways months later maybe even a year later oh my god <laughs> it goes on anyways i'm like finished four days of filming in late june filming in late june you guys know how it goes you're up till midnight because the sun sets at like 10 mm-hmm. and then you're up at like 430 yeah. to film the sunrise and I did four days back to back of that to crunch out a shoot and then I had a race right after and so I just finished this shoot absolutely shattered tired and ratchet, I'm living ratchet tired ratchet tired like, <laughs> first time I've heard that about <laughs> yeah, and I'm using it like yeah. I just made that up anyways <laughs> I'm like I live in a basement suite 
and I'm like packing my stuff kind of late at night, like 10, maybe 1030. And um, I have a pickup in the morning at like maybe 9am. And I'm packing my stuff. And the lights are on. I'm just like mincing around getting my things together. So tired. And I get like a knock on the door. And I I'm like, well, it's kind of late, and someone that knows me would have texted me. Um, so a couple things are kind of weird. Anyways, again, so tired, don't really have time to think about weird clues. Walk up the stairs, because I'm in a basement suite, and the, the motion sensor light had turned on, but there's a window in the door, nobody's standing there. Kind of like horror movie spec. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so I walk up and I like open the door. I'm like, hello. And she's and this girl comes up and she's like, hi. Like kind of panicked. And she's like, can I come in? I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, are you in trouble? And she comes in like kind of panicked. And she comes downstairs and starts walking around casually. And it's just like checking out. And I'm like hang on a minute, like, who are, who are you? I recognize you. You just let her in? She well, goes, she just kind of, like, was panicked and came you. in. And I, uh, you know how it is. You're just, like, tired and don't want to, you can't, like, sometimes you're just non-confrontational. I'm not a confrontational person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, not mm-hmm. going to be, like. Mm-hmm. And that gets you into trouble sometimes. It does. Yeah. And and then she got down into the into my space and was walking around didn't take your shoes off. I noticed that because that's annoying when people don't take their shoes off, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ew. That's why I took my shoes off today. <laughs> In honor of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Anyways, she walks around and at this point, I'm like kind of freaked out a bit. I'm like, whoa, weird. Who are you? Like, what are you doing here? And and she's like, I, I uh, was walking by... I came from, I was like doing a hike in town and I was walking by and I recognized a piece of art on your wall that you had posted on your Instagram two years ago through the window. Oh, oh man. And that's like, okay. And then I'm looking around and I, I'm like trying to get a gauge on this human being. Yeah. I don't know if she's bipolar. A lot of my decorations are like, throwing axes and I have there's like knives on like in my kitchen and I'm like oh my god like how do I deal with this person I'm so tired think about like what am I doing like I'm like okay I got to keep this person happy calm and somehow remove them out of the house like I don't know how I'm gonna do that because she's in there and she wants to stay she's like asking me can I stay over? And I'm like, no, like, don't you have an Airbnb or something you can go to? Like, where are you parked? And I'm like trying to like inch my way to like getting her out of the place. And she's like, no, like, and my boyfriend wasn't there and he had, he'd gone on a trip. So I was alone and just me and snuff. And uh, I was like doing all the things that you do before you go on a trip, right? Like, taking the garbage out, getting the compost, like, sorted, um, doing dishes. And I'm like, hey, I, like, I'm really busy packing. Um, I don't really have time to, like, hang out and chat. Like, um, and she just kept, like, kind of smothering the conversation on, like, things that she knows about me and, like, articles that she liked and the things she liked in the articles and the things she didn't like in the articles and, like, 
going down these big tangents and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare getting her out of here sounds without like, her murdering me. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. kind of sounds like this podcast. Just a lot of tangents. You don't know how you're going to get out of here. Yeah, I know. It's just never ending. So sorry. <laughs> no, this is great. No, no, no. Keep going. Like, and then um, I was like, uh, like, where, where are you parked? Like, I'm going to take the compost out. Maybe I can walk you out. And she's like, no, it's okay. Okay, I'll just go uh, take the compost out. <laughs> so oh, no. I go out and like I'm dumping the compost into this bin. And you know when the hairs stick up on the back of your neck? I get that feeling, right? Like as I'm turned around, it's dark. And I turn around and she's right behind me. She had like snuck up on me right behind me and had like... I don't know. She was coming out because she was like, I was like, whoa. And she's like, I was just making sure you weren't calling the police. Oh, and that, oh And this great is what. Odin, <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, now you know that you're doing something yeah, wrong. That's messed That up. is, okay, okay, I get it now. And then it went into, she, she had a plan for us. She was going to, she like wanted to like be my partner and wanted to make a contemporary movie of um what is the movie about the cowboys in the back country broke back mountain she wanted to make broke back mountain too oh. <laughs> with me what <laughs> broke her back <laughs> anyways yeah she was like wow. had this plan and then she was and then I was, like, standing there against, like, the garden shed, and I was, like, totally freaked out. And she was trying to, like, like use, use like, North American pickup lines. She was, like, you look so strong. And I want, like, can I uh, touch your arm? <laughs> and I was, like, no. And that's then, my favorite pickup line, by the way. <laughs> you look so strong. Use it all the can time. I touch your and arm? Then, and then she approached me and tried to kiss me. <gasps> and I was, like, oh. This is it. Like, no, go away. I don't want you here anymore. You've crossed the line, finally. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was it. That, that was, was it. That was, that was the line. My line is much. The line was so, like, you can't even see the line I had, anymore. I had way too much trust in humans. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so then she, like, before that, she had, like, given me her number, and I had written it down because I was kind of freaked out of her. And I was like, maybe that's a good thing to have her number just so, mm -hmm. you know, whatever happens. Anyways, she then proceeded. I was like, go back to your truck. Like, I don't want you here anymore. Like, please go home wherever you live. I don't want to hang out. And she was like, no, I'm taking your dog. <laughs> And she grabbed snuff. No, what? And she was like, I'm taking your dog with me. And I was like, no, I don't want to well, get... Well, you were probably... I don't want to get... You were probably actually very angry at this Well, oh, I don't want to get physical with the chick, but I was like, no, like, go. Like, I literally just, like, grabbed snuff and, like, pushed her, like, leave. And she left, thank goodness, and I was so scared. For sure. Yeah. Dude, I was like... I locked all the window, like the latches on the windows because I realized like the windows were open because of the breeze and I wanted like air. And I just shut everything down, curtains closed, like locked the doors. And dude, I did not sleep that night. I called the, I called like four of my friends super late at night and I was like, hey, I just had this really weird experience. Like, um, 
what should I do? Like, I didn't know what I was supposed to do in that situation. I felt super uncomfortable and weird. And, um, yeah, I just locked everything down. Like, I had an early morning. And, uh, yeah, I just, like, had snuff under the covers with me that night. I was just, like, so scared. Like, oh, my God. Um, And then that morning I was, like, up quite early. And as got a message back from one of my friends who'd finally got it. And I was like, hey, you should definitely call the police. And I called the police explaining to the police that story was the most awkward thing right like they had no they didn't know who i was um that i that i like what gives you the right to have a stalker <laughs> like, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, how many instagram followers do you have like they didn't care about that stuff you're just like oh, i don't even know how to explain this normally anyways i gave them her number and they had called her and just asked her like to not contact me anymore and they met, They called me back and was like, hey, her reaction was quite distraught. She was crying and, like, she thought it was a huge misunderstanding. And um, anyways, I was had to go and race. I went and got picked up. Went, I actually went to my friend's house that morning, like, sneaked through the neighborhood. I was like, is she still here? I don't know. Right. I had breakfast there and then, like, left for the race. It was in Fernie. And then went and raced. It was like the Trans BC. So you go to Fernie and then you go like do a bunch of different. Oh, huge race. Yeah, you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I went to like, did all these races and it ended in Revelstoke. And I had uh, told a couple people about it, but uh, like definitely like didn't have, like I was so like weirded out all week, like racing, just like had kind of gross feeling of like, where is she <laughs> type of thing. Anyways, um, yeah, so I got to Revelstoke, was doing the race there, and I wasn't here for this part of the story, but my friend, um, my boyfriend was the marshal, and he was um, marshalling the race, and there was part of the race that came down off the mountain, across a logging road, and then back into the trail, and the riders had to, like, pedal up the logging road for, like, maybe 20 feet, 50 feet, and um, the marshal there was, was... randomly my boyfriend and the he saw like a red Durango Dodge come up the road and try to turn around and get stuck in the worst place possible like right be like right in front of where the racers had to like basically do a detour around the truck and he um sees the truck and the truck is like two-wheel drive the gas pedal is floored like racers are riding in front of this vehicle with like back wheels completely spinning the thing's high centered in the ditch and the wheels are completely like pinned spinning and there's riders like going in front of this if the truck catches any traction somebody's gonna die yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he like goes in front of the truck like slams his hands on the hoods like whoa 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 like chill and like gets him to ride, ride, like roll down the window and he doesn't know her face or anything and he gets her to roll down the window and it's her and he's like oh and and uh she's like oh my god I didn't know you were gonna be here and um yeah and he's like we need to have a conversation (laughs) you should get out of the truck and he totally like tells her like you're not welcome here like you're you're invading like our private area like please don't come back and she was like can I buy you food <laughs> uh, <I don't> know. <laughs> more random lost in translation things 
And anyways, he's like, no, you, you're like not welcome. Like, please like go back home and like leave us alone because you've really scared us. And um, she like understood kind of and was like, okay. And um, basically my friend Stu had to come up with his truck and as he pulled up, she was like, oh, my God, I didn't know Stu was going to be here. Like, knew everyone in my life. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, my good friend Stu. Like, and then he towed her out, and she left. And, um, yeah, I tried to, look, like, tried to find her on Instagram. I guess she had blocked and canceled everything because she was, I don't know. She had a plan for us, and, that, and yeah, that was really scary. Yeah. So that was that after that encounter yeah that was that for now how long ago was this (laughs) um this was um 2016 2017 it's it's a pretty good amount of distance away though i feel like now yeah i feel like she got the message yeah yeah Yeah. wow yeah well that was hands down the best story on the podcast so far yeah i think so that's one of the best stories of in my life (laughs) yeah yeah I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, no, that's, that's, sorry. That's, right. that's good. No, I'm glad it's on the podcast because um, now that when people ask to, for me to tell it, <laughs> I can just send them here. Because yeah, like, like, they just got to sit through the first two hours honestly, of the podcast. Honestly, I hate telling the story. It's so creepy. It gives me the yeah, goosebumps yeah. every time. Yeah, I, noticed, yeah. I don't know if you're just tired, but you're kind of wiping some tears. <laughs> yeah, every no, it's just like, oh, creepy. Yeah. 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 Very fair. Yeah, yeah. Many turns. Heavy. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> random stalker, like, and because she was a woman, like, I, like, if it was a dude doing those same things, I would have clued in right away. Yeah. yeah but yeah, because yeah. I didn't, I don't have, I didn't know, like, maybe she's just a super fan. Like, like, there's so many clues I look back on now, like, oh, that was dumb of me. Mm. Was it, she at least a smaller person? No, she's quite tall. Oh, yeah. that makes it a little bit more intimidating. She's quite tall. I definitely thought the story was going to end up with a, a guy being the yeah, stalker. Yeah, traditionally, yeah, mm. but no. Mm. no. <laughs> All right, well, how do you well, feel about doing some this or that? <laughs> yeah, the game show where there are no wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one, stalkers or... <laughs> or, or nuts. <laughs> or nuts. Your boyfriend or your stalker? Who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, fuck. All right, just going to reset after that story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess we uh, we have a full list here now. Okay. Nice. Hopefully we stump you on a couple. Have you played This or Nuts before? No. What? So that. <laughs> <laughs> we came up with a new game. I just heard Snuff groan. He wants to go. I heard <laughs> <laughs> Or she? A girl, right? She's a girl. She, okay. Everyone thinks she's a boy. I like how we checked. <laughs> we were like, yeah, that's a girl. Hundred <laughs> percent. I recognize a yeah. girl. <clears throat> yeah, she looks manly. She's got the beard. Yeah. All right, friends, play the music. Here we go. This or that. <clears throat> summer or winter. Uh, summer. Slash or session. Session. Ski or snowboard. Ski. Photo or video. Video. Pedal or shuttle. Pedal. Shuttle or chairlift. Chairlift. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Lake swim or ocean swim? Lake swim, I think. (laughs) Final answer? Lake swim. Hot tub or cold dip? Cold dip. Pow or loam? We got her. (laughs) We got her. 
Oof. Wow. You just lost a lot of friends. Stairs or elevator? Stairs. Safe, Good for you. Way safer. Jumps or steeps? Uh, jumps. One-hander or one-footer? One-footer. Painting or drawing? Painting. Professional electrician or professional arsonist? Arsonist. New Zealand <laughs> or Canada? Oh, God. <laughs> what the? What are you trying to do to we me? We got her. We got her again. It would be so much easier if I was like half Russian, half Canadian. <laughs> New Zealand or Canada? Mm. It's okay. Nothing yeah. actually happens and life continues on as normal. You just we say something. Yeah, it's fine. New Zealand. <gasps> Canada. <laughs> Tricks or style? Style. One. Oh, wait. I already asked this. Risk or reward? Risk. Whip off or downhill race? Whip off. Whip off. Whip off. <laughs> Airbag or mulch pit? Um, pit of mulch. Flips or 360s? 360s. 27.5 or 29? 27.5. New world disorder or collective? Oh my god, new world disorder. That's where I And finally, guy on a buffalo or Skeeter Steve? Ooh. <laughs> we got her Got again. a buffalo. I don't really know Skeeter Steve too good. <laughs> he was invented during the podcast. <laughs> he's, he's new to my brain. And that's how you play this. Canada revokes Casey's passport. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You have a live feed. That's okay. New Zealand's fine, too. Speaking of uh, a feed, um, can you name the title of our podcast? Or, I mean, what? do you know, already know the title of this podcast? I think I remember it. You didn't do your research before it's, we showed up? It's Feeding Off Each Other. Hey, it's you got it right. Off Each Other. Right on. You and know what that quote's from? Matt Hunter. Yes. Yes. Name that movie. Collective? No. Rome? Mm. One more. Play it again. Oh, my God. Oh. Is feeding off each other. <laughs> <laughs> that is seasons. Seasons. Oh yeah. Seasons. seasons. Yes, Whistler yeah. Bike Park segment. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for feeding off us today. You feel well fed? Oh my god! I just had an image of like when they eat sushi off like a model yes. <laughs> <laughs> and pay lots That's of money. Yeah, so it's a fifty-fifty. Yeah. Think of it as a real thing. Yeah. No, I didn't eat off anyone we brought you a muffin you had two bites of it hope you you know i'll finish it it's full of bananas though so gotta oh yeah watch out for those skeeters <laughs> gotta, gotta, Steve's gotta get go busy. hang out with skeeter steve <laughs> <laughs> um guys do we do the do we well, do professionals and end this like uh you know telling people where to go to uh see more casey i'm a little yeah. concerned though do we want to send people your way people to learn nice people only yeah, yeah. you um, don't tell her you love her in a creepy way. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. I have, uh, yeah, PTSD. Leave her dog so alone. Seriously, PTSD on that part. We're in a million places, but where can yeah. people find you and follow you? They can follow me on the internet. On Instagram. In Instagram. Instagram. Casey underscore underscore Brown underscore underscore. I changed it from Casey Browntown because I learned that brown town was dirty words yeah yeah it's probably <laughs> so you're like i'll oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> let me just put four underscores let me just see what i i tried to buy my name but it was really expensive on this uh, oh yeah how much yeah. two grand 
I don't know. I, yeah, I was like, yeah, two grand, but then the payment thing was a bit super sketchy. sketchy. Sus, mm. And I'm like, yep. I don't know if I should do this. No. I feel weird. I think you made a good call. You got the check. I got go. four yeah. underscores in my name. I don't know if that's a good call. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's fine. People yeah. Find yeah. Okay. Uh, also, you have a YouTube channel. Yeah, I do. Spent. It's not like, it's not that bumping, but it has some stuff on it. You can check out some homemade goods. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the, ba- it, the back 40. Mm-hmm. Things What's that? of that nature. Just like some road trips we did within the country just to make hay while there was COVID happening, you know? That was an awesome series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely go check Georgia. that out. Yeah, we went up to the Yukon. Yeah, it looks That sick. was sick. Yeah. Looked like a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you want to follow exactly. more of us, where do you go, Jason? Find us on YouTube, Feeding Off Each Other, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Deezer. Deezer. These nuts. These nuts. These nuts, or wherever you get your fine podcasts. Yeah, something like that. We need to go drink some more water. And you can follow us on Instagram. Did you say that? We have Instagram. Yeah. <sighs> Nobody's listening anymore, guys. And that's another episode of <laughs> Feeding Off Each Other. Casey, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We could thank talk. You. We could talk you. forever. I know. We could. We could go into more um, later. We'll have you again. Right. Yeah. Come back on. Yeah. Maybe I'll go get some more. Pick up some more stories, and then, yeah, come back with some freshies. Just some like lighthearted stuff. Yeah, yeah that was heavy for you guys. That's not characteristic of IFHT. No. Sorry. It was too dramatic. No, it was good. No, it was perfect. No, no. no we, we had our own sounds in there. It was fine. Yeah. No, it was good. A couple twists. A couple yeah. fart noises. But I'm so yeah. grateful that it's somewhere now. And someone, yeah. like, I don't have to tell the story anymore. <laughs> well, we're grateful for you, Casey. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts.